Anybody remember this? Come on, it was one of the greatest moments in 80s movie history. The gym was packed with people, hundreds, thousands of people. Daniel's son was in the championship match. It was the last point of the championship match. And he was facing the dirty, rotten Cobra Kai boys, right? He already has an injured knee because of the cheap shots Cobra Kai had been taking against him. And then he busts out the crane technique, right? As Mr. Miyagi said, it is undefeatable when done correctly. And just like that, he won the championship. And everybody goes crazy. Everybody's cheering and clapping and flashbulbs are going off. And he's, he gets a trophy and Mr. Miyagi's excited, you know, as excited as Mr. Miyagi gets. And his mom's thrilled and everybody's carrying Daniel around. It's an incredible moment, incredible movie moment. But we know that the moment really wasn't the beginning of the moment. Right? That's the way moments are, most of them. Most of the moments don't start with the moment. Just like most successes don't start with success. Uh, the idea of an overnight success is a myth. Because once you dig into an overnight success, you find out it wasn't overnight after all. It had been months, years, sometimes decades in the making. Somebody had been working and hustling and overcoming obstacles and challenges. So it suddenly looked like an overnight success, but it really wasn't. My wife is uh, addicted to the How I Built This podcast. I don't know if any of you listen to it, but it's a podcast about entrepreneurs and companies and how they got started and their backstory. And most companies have this moment, sort of this flash moment, when they appear on the scene and everything seems to be successful. But then when you look behind the scenes, you realize that it didn't happen that way at all. It took steady, consistent, faithful struggle sometimes in order to get to that successful moment. It's kind of like pushing a boulder uphill. I've never pushed a boulder uphill, but for illustration purposes, it's like pushing a boulder uphill and you get to the top and that one final push makes it go over the top and just race down the other side of the mountain or the hill. But it really wasn't that last push that got you over the mountain. It was a whole lot of little pushes that got you all the way to the top. Now, that's what Daniel found out. Daniel found out that you had to do a lot of little things in order to get to where you wanted to be, in order to experience the victory. And those little things started with some very ordinary tasks, some very mundane acts, right? This one. Anybody remember this one? Wax on, wax off. Well, I, I, I can tell some of you didn't see the movie. Uh, here, the, see if this helps. Wait right here. Mr. Miyagi, I forgot to give this back to you last night. Uh, you keep. Oh, thanks a lot. Sir, ready? Well, yeah, I guess so. Then your son must talk. 
Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Let's make sacred pact. I promise teach karate, that to my part. You promise learn. I say you do, no question, that to your part. Deal? Steal. Yes. First wash all the car, then wax. Wax. But what do I have to wash all the car? Remember, dear. No question. Yeah, but I... Right. Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe, in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe, very important. Wax on, wax off. Wax on. Wax off. Hey, where these cars come from? Wax on. Detroit! Wax off. Wax on. Wax off. So there were the instructions. Wax on. Wax off. Wash all the cars. Here's what had to happen for Daniel in order for him to get from where he was to where he wanted to be. It started with a definite decision. Daniel had to make a definite decision, a commitment that he was going to do this. Uh, Mr. Miyagi has a conversation with him about walking on the road. And he says, walk on the right side, good. Walk on the left side, good. Walk in the middle, squish like great. Right? Same thing with the karate. Karate, yes. A karate, no. No karate, guess so. When it comes to our spiritual life, when it comes to following Jesus, it starts with a definite decision. It starts with a commitment of my life that, yes, I am going to follow Jesus. Jesus had an encounter with some people who they were looking not for Christianity, yes, or follow Jesus, no. They were looking for follow Jesus, guess so. This is what he said to them. This is Luke chapter 9. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go, which sounds like a commitment, right? Sounds like a definite decision. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, I don't think you understand the commitment level. I don't think you understand the decision that I'm asking you to make because it's going to get hard sometimes. It's going to get challenging sometimes. And I don't think you're ready to make that commitment. He said to another man, follow me. But this man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. 
Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. In each of these three encounters, Jesus knew, here's someone that thinks they want to follow, but it's not a Jesus yes, it's a Jesus guess so. There's nothing necessarily wrong with anything that they wanted to do. It's just that Jesus knew what they were really saying is, Jesus, I'm going to follow you as long as it's convenient. Jesus, I'm going to follow you as long as there's not something else I feel like I need to go take care of and then come back. And Jesus essentially was saying, look, there's, there's follow Jesus, yes. There's follow Jesus, no. There's not follow Jesus, guess so. My uh, life experience is, is in this country, is in America. I've been to some mission trips. I've been to other places around the world. Never lived anywhere other than here. So my life experience and my religious experience, my Christian experience is, is through the lens of what I've experienced in America. And, and specifically, the American South. Because I've lived in the South in some form, some, some place, all of my life. And, and I would say, from my experience with Christianity in America, Christianity in, American, in the American South, I fear that we have an epidemic of Christianity guess so in our culture. Christianity guess so. Follow Jesus? I guess so. Be committed to Jesus? I guess so. Join with God's people in worship. Commit to a body of believers. I guess so. If I don't have anything better going on, if I didn't get in too late on Saturday night, I guess so. I live out my faith, even though it might require me to hold different views on certain subjects. I guess so, as long as it doesn't get too uncomfortable. I think we are very much a nation, a, a Christianity of guess so. And Jesus, 2,000 years ago, made it very clear. You can follow Jesus, yes. You can, you can say no to following Jesus. That can be your choice. You can say no. What you can't do is you can't just sort of follow Jesus. When Jesus went about interacting with people. That was his invitation. Follow me. Leave your life. Follow me. Come with me. Make a commitment to me. He says earlier in Luke chapter 9, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Not guess so. Not when I have time, when it's convenient, when it doesn't cost me anything. Jesus says, no, if you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily. That's what it means to follow me. A consistent, faithful commitment to me your whole life. Jesus talks about loving God, the, the greatest commandment. He doesn't say, guess so, kind of love him. She says, no, with everything you've got, heart, soul, mind, strength, like every part of your being, love God and follow after God. 
This is a commitment we don't often talk about. We don't often call for in American Christianity, but it's the one that Jesus called for. Say yes. Make a definite commitment. Follow after Jesus with everything that is in your life. Make a definite commitment. The second step, surrender control. Mr. Miyagi says to Daniel's son, here's the sacred pact. That's what he called it. Here's the commitment we're making to each other. I'm going to teach you karate. That's my part. You're going to learn. That's your part. I say, these were his words, I say you do. No questions asked. In other words, Daniel, if we're going to enter into this relationship, if I'm going to teach you how to be somebody you don't know how to be, you got to give up control to me. you got to surrender control to me, which is difficult for us because we live in an everybody wants to rule the world culture, right? The band sang it at the beginning of the service. That's the world we live in. Everybody wants to rule the world. I want to be my boss. I want to say what's right and wrong for me. I want to decide yes and no. Everybody wants to rule the world. And Jesus says, no, following me means giving up control of your life. It means giving up control of what you do and you don't do, what you say and what you don't say. And and here's the thing about what Jesus requires of us, it's rarely unclear. Rarely are the commandments of God, the, the principles of Jesus, rarely are they unclear. Have you ever read the Ten Commandments? They're clear. Don't lie. Like That's clear. Don't steal anything. That's clear. Don't have a relationship with somebody else's spouse. Clear. And not just the Ten Commandments. You, you read all through the Bible. You read into the New Testament. When the New Testament describes what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a person after the heart of Jesus, it's really clear. I mean, it's as clear as wax on, wax off. It's just that clear. This is what God requires of us. This is what Jesus asks of us in order to follow him. When Mr. Miyagi initially says, wax on, wax off, Daniel's first response is, why do I have to do that? Which is exactly what our response is a lot of times. When God says, look, this is the life I'm calling you to, well, but why do I have to do that? And why can't I do it this way? And why do I have to obey that? And Mr. Miyagi says, I, 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 remember our agreement. I teach, you learn. And then Daniel's next statement is, yeah, but. Which is just like all of us with God. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. Live this, yeah, but. This is what a life filled with the Spirit and overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit would look like if you lived it out. Yeah, yeah, but. This is how you would treat people, even people you don't like, even your enemy. This is how you would treat them. Yeah, but you don't know this person. We respond often with, yeah, but this is what marriage would look like. If you surrender control to God, yeah, yeah, but, 
Yeah, we're yeah, but people with God. We're a guess so, yeah, but why do I have to do it that way? And you know what that leads to? That leads to us coming up with better ideas than what God has. I think I have a better idea of how to run my life than God has. After wax on, wax off, he had to paint the fence. All right, here's, here's a clip for paint the fence. At first, you accomplish paint the fence. All in the wrist. Wrist up, down. Wrist, all in the wrist. Up, down. Wrong stroke. Very good. Up. Down. Now look at me, look fence. Up, down, bend the wrist, down stroke, look bend the Good, wrong stroke, up, down, very good. Knee, bend the knee, come down, high, up, yes, very good. And your son, don't forget to breathe. In, out, up, down. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Ah, very good, Daniel son. Up, down, up, down. Here's what I expect. Up, down, uh, and then he shows him how, right? Bend the knees, up, all the way up, all the way down. God sends us his word, sends us his word, said, this, this is what I expect. This is what I want for your life. This, this is what will be most fulfilling for your life. These are the instructions up. Down and he says, let me show you. Let me show what it looks like. And so he sends his son, Jesus. And God says, look at his life. That's the life I want you to live. I, I want you to pattern your life after the life of Jesus. Surrender control. Surrender your ideas to the ideas of God. And he's clearly shown to us. He painted. He had to sand the floor. Remember that? Sand the floor. Watch this video. Funny you should ask. Uh, right the circle. Left the circle. Wait, wouldn't it be easier going back and forth? Aye, 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 but you go circle. Right the circle. Left the circle. Right the circle. Left the circle. Breathe in, breathe out. Right the circle, left the circle, right the circle. Breathe in, breathe out. Whole floor. Right the circle, left the circle, right circle, left circle. Breathe in, breathe out.
So as soon as he shows him how to sand the floor, his first reaction is, well, wouldn't it be better if I did it this way? Which is often our reaction. God says, look, I want you to live this way. And our response oftentimes is, but, but wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't I be happier? Wouldn't I be more, more fulfilled if I didn't do it your way, if I did it my way, or if I did it sort of your way and sort of my way? Now surrender control. Make a definite decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to surrender control of my life to him. And then I'm going to trust the teacher. I'm going to trust that he knows what is best for me. I'm going to trust that the person that created me, created all of life, knows what is best for me. Wax on, wax off, sand the floor, paint the fence. Next day has to paint the house side to side, breathe in, breathe out, side to side. And by this time, Daniel's son is furious. He is so frustrated by the whole process. He feels like he's being used to, just to be a servant for Mr. Miyagi. He is so frustrated with everything that's happened. And he's a lot like us. Because sometimes we get to that place with God. With God's instructions, with God's direction for our life. Sometimes we say, God, I have tried it your way and it's not working. This is not getting me where I want it to be. I have tried doing what you said to do. I have tried being the only honest one in my office. I've tried having integrity. I've tried being the only one who lives for Jesus at my school. I have tried it, and it's not working. Trust the teacher. Trust the teacher. That as he calls us to faithful, consistent obedience, he knows what he's doing doing. Jesus said in Luke 16, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Like whoever can handle the daily faithfulness and obedience, I can give them more. When I see that they'll wax on and wax off and they'll sand the floor, and they'll just be faithful to what I've told them consistently over time. Jesus said they can handle more. And it's not just true in our obedience. It's not just true in the rules and the commands and the thou shalts and the thou shalt nots of our lives. It's, it's true of our callings as well. It, it's, it's true of our missions as well. It's true of our future. See, God is purposes for all of us. God has callings for all of us. And here's, here's the thing about calling. Here's the thing about purpose. Calling and purpose always take us through the mundane at some point. They just do. Calling and purpose, mission, being on mission with God, they always take us through the the ordinary mundane day after day at some point. In our life, but that day after day, that faithfulness is God preparing us for something that is to come. If you and I are faithful to do that ordinary, consistently, that ordinary, consistent obedience, God will do the extraordinary through us. If we're faithful to do the ordinary day after day, just obey, just live for Jesus, just consistently obey, God will do the bigger through us. God will accomplish more through us. 
Um, we, we have people in our life who, uh, people in our church who are committed to foster care and they love and give homes and families to foster kids. And if you talk to them, if you know them well enough, they will tell you that every day is not a championship day in foster care world. They, they will tell you that every day is not cameras flashing and people cheering and you getting handed a trophy. As a matter of fact, if you really get to talk to them, they'll tell you most days aren't like that. They'll tell you that most days is waxing on and waxing off. And sanding the floor and painting the fence because it's what they're called to do. There, there are people who don't feel called to foster necessarily, but they feel called to care for people who foster. And so they bring meals and they pray and they encourage. And, and those people, every day is not trophy day for them either. But they just keep waxing on and waxing off. They keep painting the fence. And they do it day after day after day because the master has asked them to do that. And they've surrendered control and they trust the teacher. Pam Parrish and Michael Giddens are are in our church. They both have tremendous ministries to young adults who have aged out of foster care. And here's what I know about Pam and Michael. They don't get up every morning and look in the mirror and do the crane technique as they're getting ready in the morning. They just get up and sand the floor. They wax on and they wax off. They paint the fence because that's what God's called them to do. I was with Michael this week seeing the the home that Four Winds has now. And they put some guys in there. It's it's great. And he's trying to get security cameras fixed. (laughs) That's not like trophy winning moment. That's sanding the floor. That's waxing on and waxing off. That's what following obediently to Jesus is like. Journey Kids Ministry is happening right now. Uh, We're about to kick off our Wednesday night Kids Life program. And we're in here worshiping. And there are adults in classrooms all over the building. And nobody's going to give them a trophy when they leave today. Nobody's going to snap their picture when they walk out the door. Nobody's going to say, oh, you had a championship day in Journey Kids Ministry. But every Sunday, they paint the fence, side to side. They breathe in and out. They wax on and wax off because God's called them to that. Sometimes we view calling and purpose and and God using us as this huge Hollywood movie moment. But you know what calling most often is? It's sanding the floor. And painting the fence. Old Testament prophet by the name of Zechariah. He prophesied about 20 years after the nation of Israel comes back from captivity. So the newness has worn off. When they came back, everybody was excited. Yay, we're back home. This is great. And now 20 years later, everything's still in ruins. My house still isn't right. The wall's not right. The temple's not bad. Everything's still a mess. Sort of that newness, that excitement had worn off. And so they were walking through a time where it was just the daily struggle. 
It was just a question of, are you going to keep obeying? It's not exciting anymore. It's not new anymore. Are you going to keep painting the fence and sanding the floor? And at one point in Zechariah 4, he says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. In other words, you may feel outnumbered. You may feel overpowered. You may feel like you don't have the strength to keep going. It's okay. It's not up to you. It's not up to your numbers. It's not up to your power. It's not up to your ability. It's up to the Spirit of God. So just keep being faithful. Just keep doing what He's asked you to do. Just keep being consistent. Just get up every day. Wax on, wax off, paint the fence, side to side, breathe in, breathe out. A few verses later, Zechariah says, Who dares despise the day of small things? I know, the task, the calling, looks so much bigger than you. Getting our nation, our city back in order, it looks so much bigger than you. And it is bigger than you. But why don't you do a small act of obedience today and then do another one tomorrow and the next? who, Who despises a day of small things? And that is still true in our lives. They're not all championship moments. We don't get handed a trophy every time. Nobody's snapping our picture. Are we just doing the small things consistently over and over and over again in our life because we want to follow Jesus? The the small word of encouragement, the small act of kindness, the small moment when you speak up for Christ and for your faith, that small moment Zechariah said thousands of years ago, That's really not a small moment. Every one of those count. Because you're in the fight. You're in the middle of it. You're being faithful. You're being consistent. And that matters. Because as as Daniel's son would learn, the slow, steady, consistent faithfulness in the things that nobody else saw resulted ultimately in the victory. Here's a clip. Show me paint fence. Hush! Hush! Yes! Yes! Show me side the side. Yes! 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 Show me sand the floor. Hush! Yes! 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 Hush! if you can really learn karate by waxing cars I'm pretty sure you can't I'm pretty sure you can't be a karate champion by painting the fence even though it's a great story but I know this I know that the 
The little steps of obedience that you and I take in our life matter. And they're a part of God helping us become someone that we're not right now. And they're a part of God producing something in us and through us that's not being produced right now. I know that faithfully walking with God matters. It's turning you and me into someone that we're not right now. It's giving us strength and hope and peace and endurance. Because we keep taking faithful steps in the will of God. So don't give up. Don't quit. At the end of the day, nobody comes up to parents and says, boy, that was a championship parenting day right there. Any parent ever had that? Anybody ever given you a trophy at the end of parenting day? It's a Tuesday. Before you go to bed, people come and take pictures of you because you are a champion parent for the day. That never happened. Ever get to the end of a conversation with one of your kids and it went so well, everybody stands up and applauds. But that was the greatest dad lecture ever. Woo, dad! It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But dad, mom, just keep waxing on and waxing off. Keep painting the fence. Because God's using you. School just started. Students, teachers just went back to school. Teachers, you, you get to the end of that lesson plan and the whole school stands up and applauds you, right? Whoo, that was a great illustration. That's such a great way you, t- you had that object lesson. You diversified the whole thing. That was so cr- incredible. Trophy. They don't do that for teachers, do they? They don't do that. That's okay. Just keep painting the fence. Just know that God needs you in that classroom because you represent His love to a room full of kids, some of whom don't get His love from anybody else. And nobody's going to stand and cheer. I'm sorry, I wish we would. And nobody's going to give you a trophy. That's okay. Keep painting the fence. Side to side. You, you may feel like the only one in your office that's trying to live with integrity or, or be honest. Or the only one that lives for Jesus in your, in your office or at your school or in your class or in your grade. That's right. Just keep painting the fence. Keep painting the fence. Side to side. Breathe in and breathe out. Wax on, wax off. Just be faithful, be consistent, be obedient. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give. Let us not grow weary in doing good. And the only reason he says that is because he knows it will be tempting to grow weary sometimes. Because he knows painting the fence gets tiring. It gets boring sometimes. It gets heavy sometimes. Our arms ache. Don't grow weary in doing good. 
Paul says, don't give up. And where God has put you, the callings he's put in your life, the people that he's surrounded you with that you can influence, don't give up. Because God's doing something. And the sanding, and the waxing, and the painting, day after day after day, he's building you into somebody and he's producing things through you. Don't give up. Because in the movie, if Daniel had given up, he would have never seen the victory, right? I mean, if he had quit when it didn't make sense, he would have never gotten to the moment. If he had stopped when he got tired, when he couldn't figure it out, when he thought there has to be an easier way, there has to be a better way, if he had walked away at that moment, he would have never been in the moment for the victory. And we're the same way. Listen, if you're, if you're a teacher, if you teach school, if you teach journey kids ministry, you don't know what that second grader is going to become one day. You don't know. It's a lot of sanding right now. It's a lot of wax. It's a lot of painting the fence right now. You don't know what they're going to become. We have people in our church who lead small groups for our student ministry. Some of them have sixth grade boys. No offense to sixth grade boys. But they're sixth grade boys. Right? Don't give up. Don't get weary in doing good. Because you don't know what that sixth grade boy is going to be when he's a 12th grade boy. And you don't know what that eighth grade girl is going to be when she's a sophomore in college. You don't know. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Make a commitment. Make a decision. Stop playing guess so with your spiritual life. Make a definite decision. Surrender control. God, my life is in your hands. Trust the teacher. He knows what he's doing in our lives. God, mold us and shape us and help us to not get weary. God, we look at the mundane of our life, we look at the day after day, and oh, we get tired sometimes. We feel like we're the only one sometimes. We feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I'm trying to do it God's way. I'm not getting anywhere. But you're at work. You're building victories that are to come that we don't even see yet. Whether we're a parent or a teacher or we work in foster care, we get up and go to the office every day. We're a student. Wherever we are, help us to faithfully live for the kingdom of God. Faithfully live for Jesus day after day after day. When it makes sense and when it doesn't make sense. When it's easy, when it's not easy. When we see results and when we don't see the results. Help us to be faithful. Help us to trust the teacher. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.